How do you help someone who is hurting? Now, I'm not referring to broken bones or wounds that need stitches. I'm referring to emotional pain, spiritual pain, pain that comes from betrayal, divorce, abuse. As divorced Catholics, we reach out to our church when we suffer. And sometimes the controversy surrounding our particular type of pain makes it difficult to receive the support and compassion we need. That's why I'd like to introduce you to someone who understands your suffering better than most because he's had to heal from his own experience with profound betrayal. Hi, I'm Lisa Duffy with lisaduffy.com. And in this podcast, you'll meet Father Thomas Berg, a Catholic priest in the Archdiocese of New York and author of the powerful new book, Hurting in the Church, A Way Forward for Wounded Catholics. Father Thomas Berg is a Catholic priest in the Archdiocese of New York and a professor of theology at St. Joseph Seminary. In this podcast, he'll share his own powerful story of healing from betrayal and how he closely identifies with the suffering of divorced Catholics. He'll be a keynote speaker at the Journey of Hope Conference in Charleston, South Carolina, August 4th through the 6th, a talk you just don't want to miss. And now, here's my conversation with Father Tom. Well, Father Tom, thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy schedule to have this chat with me. I am very much looking forward to having you here in August for the Journey of Hope conference. You're going to be one of our keynote speakers, and I'm just really happy about this because I know that you have a a story that is unique, but it is also kind of directly correlated to the same kind of suffering that many divorced Catholics go through. But before we get into that, I just wanted to ask you, you know, what originally inspired you to become a priest? Well, uh, Lisa, first of all, thank you for uh, the invitation to to have this little conversation and for the invitation to the conference, which I'm really looking forward to. Um, I, I, I think, you know, my vocation started as I think any genuine vocation does. It's with a sense that Jesus was calling me and Jesus was inviting me uh, to follow him um, more intimately in, in, a, in a kind of a in total consecration and commitment to him that then led me to discern, in fact, the call to the priesthood and to priestly ministry. Um, and that was uh, when I was uh, 21 years old, so um, a, a while back now, <laughs> but uh, but uh, I've been ordained a priest um, for 17 going on 18 years, and um, I, I can say in spite of, you know, what I will be sharing at the conference, um, I have not one regret because I know that that call was real, and he's given me the grace to respond and he sustained me um, in in following him and this is a great time to be a priest and I, I love being a priest and I'm blessed to as well to accompany in my current main ministry here at the seminary to accompany 
our young men who are also feeling that call. So, um, so yeah, that's that's really where it started. When I was in college um, at that time, actually part of a charismatic renewal group. Although that was where I finally discerned the vocation, but it's something that I think started even earlier when I was probably in eighth grade, and uh, the seed was sown, and it just needed to be nurtured, and you know, and thanks be to God, it finally came to full blossom. So that's wonderful. Well. We are very blessed as, you know, a church to have committed, solid priests such as yourself. It's, it means so much, especially to us lay people who, you know, tend to wander around sometimes looking for that kind of anchor in our lives. So thank you for following that call. Unfortunately, you did experience a profound betrayal during your priesthood, and it's one that gives you a lot of compassion towards divorced Catholics. Would you mind telling us a little bit about that? Right. So when in that process of discerning where our Lord was calling me to serve him, I, at the time, I really believed that I had discerned a call to religious life, to join a, a religious order. And I ended up in 1986 joining a, a very new, a very young, vibrant Catholic order, uh, the Legionaries of Christ, that at the time was not even yet 50 years old. The founder was still alive. I mean, there was a lot of a lot of buzz, so to speak, um, around the, the Legionaries of Christ, and they were attracting lots and lots of vocations. And so, as I share in in the book I recently published, and I will share at the conference, that's that was obviously a, f- a fundamental decision uh, in in my life and um I joined them after a very very short time of just beginning to get to get to know them I began you know kind of the the process of entry into religious life postulancy and then novitiate and so forth um it turns out that and I'll share a lot more about this obviously the founder, the founder who in his life was revered by bishops and cardinals and and even had um, fairly fairly close relationships with Pope Paul VI, with Pope, Pope St. John Paul II. It turns out that he was living a, a double life of sexual depravity, and this is something that really was only confirmed by the Vatican, a Vatican investigation, uh, which confirmed it in 2006, and was kind of very slowly, subsequently um, acknowledged by the superiors of the congregation and communicated to the rest of us. But this was only after 23 years of my life had been spent in this in this commitment um, in this congregation. So again, I'll have a lot more to share about that. But as I'm sure your listeners can imagine what that resulted in was the only word that you can use to describe it is a tremendous sense of betrayal. Betrayal, certainly from this individual who in many ways uh, was something of a, uh, you know, a spiritual father to, to so many. Again, venerated as kind of a saint in life, you know, and just living this macabre double life, um, you know, the only word to describe it is just a profound sense of betrayal. But then that also 
it's it's a sense of betrayal that I guess becomes projected onto onto the church, onto the superiors of the congregation. Mm-hmm. So a lot to go around. There was a lot, so it was obviously a tremendously painful upheaval after 23 years. So I, I mean, I I very much you know can say um, analogously that you know I really went through I went through a divorce with my religious congregation, which in in so many ways parallels the experience of a person going through divorce. I mean, there was there was the legal canonical separation from my congregation. There was the process mm. of incarnating into the Archdiocese of New York. There was um, the financial settling of financial support, and so many so many elements that you know analogously are parallel to that experience. So yeah, and that and that was really, um, I mean, an upheaval in my life that really brought me to the, you know, kind of the extreme of even experiencing severe doubts about not just about the church, but about even about my faith as a priest. And um, so this is, you know, something I do. I, I look forward to sharing um, at the conference because I think it's I've I've learned a lot, learned so much that I actually, you know, just wrote a book about this. Uh, how my story, my journey begins in this um, in this experience of betrayal, and how I experienced healing through that. And so, it, it, there, you know, there's a lot to share there. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, God God brings beautiful things out of even these tremendous upheavals, and mysteriously brings good out of evil if we are open to that and and allow Him and believe and trust. of repugnance, horror, anger, and rage. I couldn't get it out of my head that 23 years of my life, what seemed to me to have been the best years of my life, had apparently been dedicated to a fiction. The sense of having been utterly betrayed was nearly overwhelming, and it fueled my rage. Sounds like someone talking about their divorce, right? Actually, this is a quote from Father Tom's book regarding his experience with the betrayal of the founder of his order. So because Father Tom identifies so closely with the same kind of suffering that we as divorced people go through, I wanted to ask him for his advice on how to cope with it all. You know, the the image that comes to mind is, you know, the shipwreck. And, you know, and there we are <laughs> afloat uh, mm-hmm. with all all the debris around us. And, you know, we've survived, but boy, we're in a we're in quite a quite a situation and I guess at some point um, you know we have to begin to assess the situation and, and start and start taking steps baby steps one at a time so what do you what do you do in that situation? well you, you grab onto a plank that's floating there you know and that's mm-hmm. that's that's a that's a first step and then you kind of get a sense of what's you know what's around you and I think most of us in, in, an, in an experience like this and most of the people that I know who've gone through divorce, um, I think that begins with probably with some, some coaching, some, you know, maybe if you, beginning with a good Catholic counselor, even mm-hmm. a psychologist who, um, or at least someone, a professional 
a mental health professional who respects your faith, who could play that role of helping us deal with and work through this kind of chaos of feelings and emotions, especially. And again, I had, you know, in my own experience, that was that was very, very important because I was I was dealing with emotions as happens in, you know, persons who are experiencing divorce. I, I was dealing with emotions that I had never felt before, with an intensity that I've never felt before. And I needed some coaching. So I reached, I reached out to a friend of mine, say, hey, help, help me to start sorting through this. And most importantly, what's com- what, what feeling is coming next? <laughs> you know, right. Give me a heads up here, okay? <laughs> after, after, I get, after I get through this set of feelings and reactions, what, what's, what's, prob- what's likely coming next? And I guess the thing is not to allow ourselves to stay floating in the, in the negative feelings. And, and, of course, hand in hand with this goes spiritual coaching as well. You know, the spiritual and the psychological and sometimes a lot of that too can just it can come through very solid friendships so i think obviously key there too is reaching out to close friends god willing if we have them and i know that's unfortunately that's not always the case but uh when we do have close friends we really have to support ourselves with them but we need to start allowing our lord to help us to take just even just very, very small steps. It was just reaching out, grabbing a, a plank that's floating there in the water and getting myself a little um, a little support and then starting to deal with kind of with the with the mess and then then figuring out, okay, um, I'm at point A, what's the point B that I need to get to? Mm-hmm. And figuring out, especially with you know, with some help, how we're gonna get from point A to point B and then eventually from point, point B to point C. Um, and I, I think, in a word, it boils down to, to reaching out and finding, finding that help and oftentimes professional help that we need, as well as spiritual coaching and guidance to start you know, getting beyond that sense of discouragement and hopelessness. I know one of the most difficult aspects of being a divorced Catholic is that feeling of being disconnected or alienated from your parish, you don't feel welcome, it's hard to go to Mass because it's so painful, you know, the the happy families and everything are just a reminder of your loss. But also, I mean, I've known so many people who are just too embarrassed to come to church and identify themselves as divorced. What kind of advice can you offer someone who is feeling this sort of alienation? Uh, at least I couldn't agree with you more uh, about how hard that is, and you know that that feeling of just going through the motions, um, you know that that feeling of you know every, everyone's expecting you to you know to kind of you know at work you know kind of perform like you always did, and and um, that is just one of the many excruciating experiences that one goes through in a crisis like this in, in divorce and and especially the parish situation that that is so true and so common i i think it goes a, a back a bit to what we were just saying and that i think every individual needs to ask themselves well okay what do i need to do here to foster my own healing process and and especially if the persons that i would hope would validate the pain that i'm experiencing 
but maybe are unable to validate it. My my fellow parishioners, even persons that I was close to, you know, um, maybe they're unable to validate it because they just are unable to conceive of it because they've never experienced anything like that. Um, I think we need to then ask ourselves, well, what is it that I need to do to help the healing process? Now, I think it's going to be different from one person to the next. I have a very dear friend of mine um, who's just, you know, just signing the papers, literally, uh, as we speak. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, going through this, you know, horrible divorce she approached this by i mean her solution was leaving the parish where she and her husband and three children had been parishioners for 15 plus years and finding a new parish and that was it was just too painful to be at church I think other people are going to find a, a different answer. They're going, they're going to want to stick it out, but they're going to either find, if, there's, if there is some kind of support group at the parish, or at least they're going to find their core of fellow parishioners who are friends and who can support them, uh, they may find a different solution that allows them to, you know, to stay there. I think in the end what we need is a solution that allows us at least to serenely participate in Sunday Mass uh, without, without it being, you know, traumatic, so to speak. And so t- that's a tough one. And um, I think it's, like I say, I think whatever the solution is, even if it's a temporary one, I don't know, um, I, I just think we have to find solutions that help foster our healing process. And it's, it's just so important for people to remember that a civil divorce decree in and of itself does not prohibit one from receiving the sacrament. So, you know, they're, they're encouraged to participate as often as possible. And uh, I think a lot of people either don't know that or don't hear it enough or maybe uh, ignore it, but it's very important for divorced Catholics to keep coming. Oh yes. Uh, And and certainly I, I think especially um, the sacrament of reconciliation, confession, that, that can be, especially if one has, you've got a good priest who understands your situation, uh, who can really minister to you, that can be such a help. And, of course, receiving our Lord in the Eucharist and, you know, having worked through one's own particular situation and, and coming to the conclusion that, you know, there's no, there was no other viable way out of this but legal divorce, you know, that certainly does not preclude one from the sacraments. And on the contrary, in that painful, precarious state of soul, of mind and heart, you, you, you need uh, the sacraments more than ever. Father, you have uh, your new book out, and one of the things that I love about this book is the acknowledgement that people are hurting in the church. I think so many people don't like to acknowledge that, but that's a place to begin a conversation, a conversation that really needs to be had. It's not just divorced Catholics. There are plenty of Catholics who are suffering and who suffer largely alone. So I, I want to thank you so much for putting this work out there. And 
in addition to doing that, you do many, many other things. What is it these days that you love or enjoy about being a priest and, and doing the wonderful work that you do? Well, I'm blessed, first of all, to, to be in a position to write a book and, <laughs> and you know, certainly share that, share that with the church. But uh, my main um, ministry, what, what uh, the uh, Cardinal has entrusted me with, is to collaborate in, the, in our major seminary formation of uh, our future priests. And, I, I mean, I, I just love accompanying my guys on, on their journey and um, contributing and allowing the Holy Spirit to use me However, he so chooses to be an instrument and to make some small contribution to their uh, preparation for priesthood. Um, but I also help out at two different parishes on, on the weekend. I, I love accompanying the people of God, and um, I love preaching about Jesus. <laughs> and I, 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 just, I, I, um, I love being able to, uh, as well, to, to minister to them and to to really be more and more, and I mean, I, I think priesthood, what it really becomes is this kind of bridge between our Lord and the people of God, and, and especially to, it's, a, it's most meaningful when I can be an instrument of healing in, in someone's life, and that's what makes everything worthwhile. Now, is there a website or someplace where people can go to? I do. I, I have my own my own website, uh, www.fatherberg.com, uh, all spelled out, Fatherberg, and uh, it can find more some of my homilies on there and a lot of my my published uh, some of my published articles and so on and so forth. I also I write I write every now and then for Catholic Digest and some other Catholic periodicals. So there's uh, links to a lot of those on there. And one could also go there to get a link to um, to buy the book and find out more about that. So uh, wonderful. Please. And that's Father B E R G, right? Yes. Well, that's wonderful. I I'm so excited. I can't believe that the conference is less than 90 days away, but it is, and it's going to be here before we know it. So. I am very much looking forward to your talk and all the people who are going to really benefit from you sharing your story and then all your pearls of wisdom. So um, thank you so much for spending this time with me. And Lisa, uh, we'll thank you. you. It's August. been great. I'm really, really looking forward to uh, seeing everyone in Charleston. It's going to be a great conference. Thanks for taking the time to listen to this special edition of the Journey of Hope podcast with Father Thomas Berg, author of Hurting in the Church, A Way Forward for Wounded Catholics. Again, I'm Lisa Duffy with lisaduffy.com, and I encourage you to register for the conference early so you can reserve your seat and enjoy all the great things that will be happening there. Until then, may the peace of Christ be with you.